what I tell people who are like, I've, yeah, I've missed a bunch of workouts. So I've, I've just, I'm back at square one. It's like, no, you are not back at square one. You have all of these learnings. You have all of these tools that are in your toolkit. You just simply need to start again. Hello, welcome to Active Ingredient, a podcast all about personal and professional growth. I'm your host, Sophie Wheel, and I'm a deeply curious person who's on a mission to help us all come home to ourselves, to truly come alive and to live lives that we genuinely love. I'm also the founder of Nude Nation, a brand building and PR agency that exists to help mission-driven brands and founders get clear on their why and spread their truth far and wide across media, podcasts, speaking engagements, and so much more. I started this podcast because I was so desperate to find my purpose. I wanted to interview people who I felt figured it out because honestly, I wanted that for myself too. And what I've learned along the way is that the answers are all internal, every single one of them. We find them in the silence. Validation is fleeting if you don't validate yourself first. And the more we nurture the relationship with ourselves and learn to listen to the deep voice inside and actually act from that place, the more the external starts to reflect the internal alignment. I believe that the more we can integrate ourselves holistically, the more whole we'll feel, which is why this podcast is a mix of my greatest loves, personal and professional growth. You can expect conversations that range from how to deal with imposter syndrome or how to build your confidence, as well as tips and tools on how to get your message out there in the world. My biggest wish for you is that you prioritize your joy, see yourself first, and that you come alive every single day. Welcome to Active Ingredient. I am so glad you're here. This episode is brought to you by my literal favorite pancake company in the world, Otherworld. I love this brand. I've talked about them for such a long time. I've been buying these pancakes for a very, very long time. And I am so excited that they're partnering with us for the show again. It's one of those things that like I really would shout this from the rooftops whether or not they were sponsoring. And I actually had been because it's so freaking good. They're better for you. They're vegan. They're made with zucchini and dates. And my favorite flavor is just the original one. And not too long ago, I actually went upstate with my boyfriend, McGuire, and we got like regular pancakes because I didn't bring my other world pancakes with me. We just like bought it at the store to make in the cabin, you know, like cozy, cute, whatever. And I literally said to him, I was like, I swear to you, I actually prefer Otherworld than the full-fledged pancakes that are like the mainstream ones. I highly recommend this brand. It's eatotherworld.com is the website. My favorite flavor is original, but I do know people that have had other ones that they love. Like I said, the pancake is made with zucchini and dates. It tastes amazing. I literally have these pancakes on a freaking like Monday or Tuesday as well as on Sundays. Like it's truly so good. It's not a protein pancake or it's not like one any of those uh, protein like waffle pancake things. It is just a better for you, better ingredient pancake that really only just needs water. Like you don't add any additional egg or butter or milk or any of those things. I highly recommend it. They're giving all active ingredient listeners 15% off at checkout. Please do yourself the favor. If you want to have like a delicious breakfast or brunch or whatever, try them out. You will literally not regret it. Everyone that has tried it that I've told them about it has been like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever and have become repeat customers. So try Eat Otherworld, E-A-T, Otherworld, O-T-H-E-R, World, W-O-R-L-D.com. Use code ACTIVE, A-C-T-I-V-E, 
at checkout for 15% off your order. Literally try it and thank me later. Welcome back to another episode of Active Ingredient. I'm really excited for this week's guest. Uh, We have my strength training coach and just an incredible human, Taya Hughes, on the show. She is truly the most knowledgeable trainer I have ever worked with. And I actually work in the health and wellness space and have had access to a lot of incredible trainers who are all awesome. And I will say that Taya has stood out to me from the moment that I met her back when she was the creative director at this incredible gym in Williamsburg, which is where I live, called Session. We get into it in the show, but I essentially just was really in awe of her method while working out with her. She was just so knowledgeable about the body, about how to exactly approach every type of movement. And if you're a woman hearing this and you're like, wow, like every time that I think about going to the gym, like I actually don't even know how to hold a kettlebell or like how much weight should I be putting on? Like how much weight should I be lifting? You know, like, is it going to bulk me up? Those questions she is so knowledgeable about answering. And I've done a few private sessions with her and also did her program. And just, I finally feel like I feel confident going to that section of the gym. You know, like I never felt like I knew what I was doing in the weight section of the gym ever. Even as someone who works out pretty consistently, she's just truly so incredibly knowledgeable, kind, and just is really results oriented. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this show. I know strength training has really like taken off, which is great. I feel like we talk about the misconception on the show a lot about, you know, strength training and does that equate to bulking up or like how necessary is it for like your full body? She gets into so many amazing answers for that. But I will say that I feel like I've been seeing it blow up on TikTok, like people that like typically would like either just, you know, do their walks or Pilates or things like that or running are incorporating strength training, which is really cool to see. I think it's something that is great for just like overall strength and overall body composition. And I know that the days that I do it, it feels so good in my body. And I just felt like there are so many questions about strength training because I had so many questions about strength training too. So I was like, let's just do a podcast with literally the person that I trust most about this topic and get all the answers that we need. Her story is also great. She really, she actually trains literally the best of the best, like creatives and tastemakers and cool people in New York. Um, she does a lot of one-on-ones with them, but she just launched her next program. She'll talk about it on the show and there's just different ways to work with her. So if you're in the market for someone who is really knowledgeable about strength training and you're looking for someone to help you or guide you, she is someone who I would recommend blindly. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear about all things strength training and really her view on how when you strengthen your body, like what actually happens to the mind. And it's just cool to see what she sees in her clients. So with that, Taya, thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope you guys enjoy. And yeah, welcome to Active Ingredient. Taya, thank you so much for being in studio. I'm really pumped to talk all things strength training and get to know a little bit more about your story. So thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I am really excited to get into all things strength training, something that is a new-ish development in my life. But before we get into all things fitness, I want to know about you and what you were like as a kid. And was fitness always something that was like a huge part of your identity or just something that you were really passionate about? 
Yeah. I mean, as a kid, I think I was, I was super focused and go with the flow. So I don't know if I'm so go with the flow now, but yeah, I mean, being active was always a part of my life. I was, I started dancing like very, very young. I studied dance throughout school at a, at an art school. Mm -hmm. I started teaching dance very young. I was in the dance team after school. And then that was like on top of having, you know, part-time jobs and all that stuff. So yeah, it's always been a big extension. And I was actually chatting with my mom about this as well, like sort of the influence that dance had. And it's maybe not interesting, but like, okay, sure. As a dancer, you want to like jump higher or spin faster and it is a little bit of a team sport, but it's like highly individualized as well. And as part of that, it was, you know, wanting to have like longer lines or to be more like intuitive and one with the choreography. And it was wanting to feel and emote sort of like a singer or like a musician does. And so I think that that bred a lot of this like consistency and longevity and also like wanting to consistently be better. And I think that that like totally mirrored and me getting into strength training because a lot of that was like, okay, how can I push myself, but like just continue to like tweak things or change, maybe not change aspects. I shouldn't say that, but just continue to work on yourself internally and externally just to see what you're capable of. I so, love that. Yeah. And I so see that in your personality. Also for context, Tay and I work together. She is also my strength training coach. She's who, who taught me how to do strength training. I don't believe it. Really? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've done classes before, but in a one-on-one -on -one where I was actually like taught form, but in knowing you on a more personal, I feel like I know you more than I know a lot of guests that come on. I feel like that is so true and how it reflects. I feel like you're a very disciplined person and you like results. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is in you as an individual and also what you want to see for your clients and okay. results, not necessarily meaning like weight loss or like a vanity checkpoint, totally. but just results. I feel like that's interesting that you were like that younger and you're still like that now. Yep. So, okay. So talk to me because I know your background definitely skewed. I don't know if you were still within fitness, but I want to hear about your trajectory. So you were a dancer and then where did you go from there? So bit of like a, you know, sidestep is a little like left of center, but so I grew up in Canada, went to school in Los Angeles, and I moved to New York. And I moved to New York for a job in advertising. But I'm like, no exaggeration. I knew, I knew like 1.5 people because I knew like these two people like very partially. So Who, they, like the they, two people at the, the two agency? people that I knew. No, 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 no. Like just like in life in New York. Okay. City, right. So I, I really didn't know anybody. And something that I remembered sort of when I look back at like those like early, like first few years was like wanting so badly just to find my tribe, find a community. And so, you know, I, I quickly sort of aligned myself in sort of fitness communities, but actually sort of the first iteration of max effort training was a workout program that I started and I taught out of the Ace Hotel in the city in, in their like lower level. So it was really great. It was like dimly lit. It was such a vibe. But the whole idea was that it was part workout and then part, I mean, I hate how this sounds now, but like part social club. And so the idea was like, hey, we've just sort of experienced this vulnerable thing together. All of us were vulnerable in how we were moving our bodies and trying something new and pushing ourselves. And so a natural extension of that should be like talking after and getting to know each other. So, so many friendships were made that way. So you were doing that of, like while working full time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. So like overachiever as part of like character traits. Yeah, 100%. Um, that was also my my go-to because I'm such an introvert. I remember my, so my first apartment in 
the city, it was this uh, sixth floor walk up. It was a four bedroom, two bathroom. And so I lived with three other people. And, you know, of course, it's like, you know, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, everyone like, do they have people over and mm-hmm. like pregaming to go out? And I always was busy doing like a side hustle project in my room. And I would like excuse myself like always. So this is like always my life. Anyways, so did the max effort training that was, you know, part workout, part social club. And that's also extended into like more so like a social context where as I started to meet more women that, you know, very creative, entrepreneurial, also had their own side hustles that they were working on. We did this sort of like, I think it was like a monthly meetup. And the only rule was that if you came, you needed to bring another woman that you thought would vibe with the group. And so again, so many friendships or intertwining social circles sort of happened out of that. So those were two, I think, huge Maybe just like, I don't know if those are like milestones, but I think like occurrences. And then around that same time, I was still in advertising, but I had moved from like a big agency into a small creative agency. And a part of my role was I was the event producer for a magazine called Victory Journal, which the same thing, the the role was like, I, I want to get like the right people in the right room, not necessarily like of a who's who, but like, how can we create an experience that like these people, they will remember and Mm -hmm. it was really special and, you know, sort of in and around storytelling and, and also sort of like connecting people. How can we get, yeah, more great people in the room so that we can, you know, who to hire, you know, who to open up a door for, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that all sort of like led its way then to going into the fitness industry full-time at session where sort of like building like air quote community was so huge and crucial to building that business, but it was so like intuitive and natural and like what I was already doing and these sort of like bubbles that I was already a part of. That's actually how Taya and I met was through session. Right. There was two or three trainers there that I really gravitated towards and I always wanted to go to your class. It was the 6 or 7 a.m. class and it really was, I mean, it is, it still exists. It's truly like a real representation of how you have this ability to curate people. And I'm curious hearing how you define as an introvert and coming to a city with like literally not knowing a soul. I think that we're currently living in a loneliness epidemic. And even as a a female adult who has a lot of relationships, I sometimes find myself wanting or craving more of that community in my life, especially in New York. For someone listening, that's like, wow, I really identify with like craving that, wanting more connection. And I like that you advocated for yourself and you actually created an environment that's translated in every part of your career, but like that you actually took it into your hands to do it versus waiting to be invited to something or waiting for someone else to start your friend group when you came to New York. Like talk to me a little bit about that and what we can tell people that are listening on how to empower them to do that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still waiting to get invited to a lot of things. (laughs) We'll invite each other. (laughs) And I'm always at home, which is probably my problem. But I think that the biggest thing, and this is really mirrored in probably a lot of the stuff that I'll talk about today, or like even just my training philosophy is if you're looking to find community, it's like, think about what your desires are, like what brings you joy and how can your daily actions, behaviors, choices coffee shops, whatever it is, how can those be in closer alignment to your goals? And so some of the moments where I feel, I guess, like most like myself or energized or excited and motivated is when I'm in and around those communities 
of like like-minded peers. So not just like coaching. I mean, that's like exciting, but of people who are like, like this weekend, it's like, we're doing a meetup, we're doing a long run. There's like a workout after, and then there's like a cookout happening, but it's all of these people who just love to do what I do. And that will, I mean, that decreases anxiety and feelings of loneliness and belonging and all that kind of stuff. So I think for people who are looking for those communities, it's just like, well, what brings you joy and how can you start to just make more decisions in your life that aligns you with whether it's similar places or people or brands or whatever it is. I love that. And I think like the second part, I want to know if there's like any tangible next step on like if they're the ones to curate something, what's like a one first step of what that is? Because I loved when we started working together, you sent that email being like, hey, guys, I'm doing a barbecue like anyone. I couldn't go. But something that's like a quick next step to like challenge our listeners if they're craving that for first, obviously looking to see what events are currently or like people or groups that like currently exist that you can just tap into, but also like how to empower them to bring together people Mm. also. I would say just ask. I remember a girlfriend of mine, this was, I guess it wasn't in lockdown, it was shortly after lockdown. She just posted on her story. She was like, does anyone in like the Williamsburg area like want or know how or is looking to like roller skate? You know, I don't know if, if I would have seen that I would have joined. I don't know if you know this about me, but like I love <laughs> I rollerblading. Like I had an Instagram account called Blondes on Blades. I mean, you should chat with Jess. She's, I don't know if she still does it, but I'm sure she, she does every so often, but like within a few hours, I th- I seem to remember her reposting like, wow. Okay. I didn't realize so many of you guys were roller skating and like, here are the, the, the resources that I found and yeah. like a meetup tomorrow night or whatever it is. So I would, you know, suggest that I even started doing this run club by me more frequently. It's like every Friday and I just started posting about it and I just had this people pouring in wanting to join as well. So I think that people are craving that a lot of times you just need to proactively ask about it instead of just, again, waiting for that invitation to come. Is there a place from all the meetups that you've done or something that you're like, I feel like this actually really invites people to talk. Is it like doing something at a coffee shop, doing something that's first working out and then hanging out? Just like something that can be like a little bit more from your experience, because you do this so often, like where you find that there is really true connection and friendship Mm -hmm. that comes out of it. Because I feel like, for example, there's like a ton of panel events, right, that you like go attend and like, sure, like, you know, you mingle. There's run clubs, there's rooftop drinks, happy hour, like all these things. From what you've done and experienced, where do you feel like there's the most lasting, like real true connection happening? You know, I I think that's that's hard to to answer just like black and white. I think it really depends on the type of place that you're going to. And that was something like at session, we really actively talked about how we could create, facilitate, you know, Mm -hmm. that having the studio be a third space was just as important as it being like a fitness space. Mm -hmm. But most recently, I would honestly say, which is, you know, sort of ironic because I was a former highly self-proclaimed non-runner, like run clubs, running, you like meet up and, you know, I'm like forced to like have these conversations well, like, you not, in bad, not in a bad, not in a bad way, but just, yeah. And, and a lot of times it's like friendships that are unlikely, you know, friendships, or you just start talking about something random and, you know, whatever it is, but it's like shared camaraderie right off the bat. I don't know what it is in running. Cause it's not always so easy to run and talk, but. I know. I honestly, sure. like when I hear that, I'm like, <laughs> My sister's boyfriend loves to run and talk. And when we all run together, I'm like, Julian, please, for the love of God, I'm not going to answer. I'm listening to my running playlist. Like, let me live. 
Okay. So I want to talk a little bit more about the transition from advertising to going into fitness full time. And also like, even when you were doing the workouts slash hangout sessions at the ACE, I'm assuming that you got certified in, in yeah. something. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. what was calling you to that specifically versus, I mean, you're a, a trained dancer. So like, what was it about that calling first? And then what got you to actually do the jump to do it full time? Cause those are, that's a big, a big leap. My brother was really into bodybuilding. I like a, a a classic adoring sister. I just like loved everything that he did. But again, you know, strength training sort of was a bit of an extension for me with dance. And I think that, you know, it was very clear for me, like post high school that I, I wasn't going to and didn't want to be a professional dancer. And so I still, you know, was involved in dance in college and sort of in like spare time, just like interests, you know, go yeah. taking a class here and there. But I was always at the gym. I I guess, you know, again, it was, it was probably just a combination of being, you know, always being active, my brother just being hyper interested in it and just, uh, yeah, having, wanting and needing like some sort of physical outlet. I was not like a a sports, Mm -hmm. I didn't play sports or anything like that. So that's older came. uh, Yeah. Yeah. He's older. So I think that was a big thing. And then when I moved to New York city, I had mentioned, you know, I was looking for community and I sort of tapped into this group, it was like a boot camp group in the East Village and started going to those. Then I started, you know, like dragging my friends to the park and like doing like impromptu, like boot camp workouts and stuff like that. So I think, you know, maybe that's sort of like a byproduct of like teaching dance. I always wanted to teach people. And I also just always, you know, my spare time, like I like to go out and be active. So I think it was just this like, got it. At, at the time I wasn't like, I'm going to do this full time. It was just like, I love this. So within the advertising marketing world, I was sort of simultaneously trying to like push at my agency to get more of like women's briefs, women's business. Mm -hmm. It was a, you know, all sort of like male run advertising agency. So it was like, hey, let's like push into this category. We can do that. And I definitely felt a lot of, I don't know if pushback's the right word, but maybe just that just wasn't what they felt strong doing. And it was just becoming more and more apparent to me that I had this interest in like building brands and creating the identity and like the creative direction, but this like sort of like overwhelming interest also in like Mm -hmm. sport specifically health and wellness, fitness specifically through the female lens. So I think that's just sort of like where the table started to like. And so did the opportunity for session come to you or how did that happen? So I was, I was still teaching my first iteration of Max Effort and I would do Ace Hotel, but then I was also finding like other spaces. I was finding some like pop-up spaces and like in Williamsburg to do it. I was, you know, I did it at like the break ones, that vintage Mm. shop. I would just do it in all sorts of like random spots. That's so in alignment with you. Yeah. And I'm really sad that they're not there anymore. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It was in that original space. So I'll say from my perspective as someone who trained at session for a while, and who's who works heavily in the health, health and wellness world. I've never seen anyone be able to curate it so well. Like you can tell in a coffee shop who works out at session and who doesn't. Not like that it's like one specific type of person. Like it's just like a vibe that you guys have curated or that you curated as creative director at session that was like so clear to me. Mm-hmm. And just like a closeness of people actually wanting to do like, you know, how in so many workout studios, there's like, come like do like this, like post drink thing. 
vanilla that people don't actually like show up or don't even read the poster that's in the locker room. I had never seen it actually be like people who became friends through a gym who then actually wanted to work out, go to the coffee shop, Butler across the street, go get a pizza or whatever. To me, it was like a really strong community effort that I hadn't seen before. Mm. And I think that there are brands that have done it really well. Outdoor Voice is a great example. But from a gym perspective, I hadn't, I, I personally hadn't seen it done so perfectly. So yeah. great job. Cool. I appreciate it. I think that was sort of a big thing that came from like the brand building background was like, I think a lot of times those, you know, gyms and, and or studios, like they were so focused on themselves and the experience that they were providing. But it's like, you have to realize that so much of, so much of the experience is like the people who are in the class. And it's not about curating the people that are in the class is not what I'm trying to say at all. It's more so like, how can you make sure that you're showing up for the community just as much as they're coming to your class so that it's like you you start to feel like one and the same. So you're going to this thing that you equally feel just as much a part of versus like just it's like another thing that you do in your day. I feel like we've been talking about strength training a ton. Mm-hmm. So I also want to just talk about strength training as an umbrella yes. because I feel like there is such a misconception in that space I even not too long ago was like, I don't want to do strength training because I don't want to bulk up. Mm-hmm. And it has such a like masculine vibe to it. And I think that there are some creators in the space that have really helped kind of change that narrative. But I would love for you to walk us through what exactly is strength training? Why is it important for women? Why is it important for our muscles and our bones as we age? Give us the, the lowdown on strength training, what it is. Okay. So just like three really small questions. Um, <laughs> so strength training, it's, it's pretty well like what it sounds like. So you're improving the strength and endurance of your muscles by either using like a physical load, weight, resistance, or some type of force. I guess you would you would mention sort of this misconception of not wanting to do strength training. Because for, you don't want to bulk. For bulking. So, I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, in order to get a toned, I mean, I hate the word, but in order to get that sort of like toned physique look, right, we need to grow muscle strength and size. Mm-hmm. And so the bulking basically happens. What, what people really want is body recomposition. And so body recomposition is a combination of your skeletal muscle mass, also your body fat. So in order to get the toned look, we need to do the strength training. We need to increase like that muscle size, but we also need to either maintain or lower the body fat. And that can be done through nutrition or steady state cardio. But so that's where I think a lot of people are just like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm lifting these weights and I'm getting bigger. And then, you know, the other part of the story is like, they're not talking about how they have like really poor sleep health and like they don't eat all day. And then they like have this like huge binge meal at night or like, you know, whatever it is. So it's really like those two things need to live in harmony. Strength training is important for women. I mean, it's important for however you identify, but it is important like for flexibility to avoid injury. It's, you know, helping, especially within those who were female at birth, bone density, posture, especially through pregnancy, combating postural changes, learning about your like intra-abdominal pressure. I mean, there's, there's so many things. Okay. So can you just walk us through what a strength training session looks like? And it doesn't have to be like a full set, but just like what to expect. Cause I, I feel like I see people on TikTok, like doing pull-ups with no help or assistance. And like, that could be really intimidating. So for someone like me who started with you, who I'd not, I really had barely, I'd done session before, but like that was pretty much it. Walk us through what people can expect in strength training. 
And like, basically, I want to kind of like walk them backwards of where they're starting from so that it's not so intimidating because it's actually, to me, I was surprised that like, I'm a sweater and I I actually was surprised at it not feeling as hard, Mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, like, there's so many ways that you can like concoct a strength training Mm -hmm. workout. By nature, for the most part, strength training is going to be different than like hit high intensity interval training Mm -hmm. where, yes, you're going to get these like big spikes and drops in terms of your heart rate, which is going to give you that sort of more like Mm -hmm. exhausted feel or like sweat. Right. But, you know, like ultimately, I guess like the, the good or a great way to strength train is by like any means is like just start with some type of movement that's going to be more beneficial than not doing anything at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's research that like doing 10 pushups a few times a day, I mean, that's better than doing no pushups. And that is yeah, still considered course. a strength training routine, right? I would say like expect, you know, either we usually sort of put them together in like body weight splits, or maybe it's a total body program, but you're going to think about doing like a series or circuits of exercises stacked next to each other with reps and sets. And the idea is that we want to create some stimuli. So it should be challenging enough that your body can create some change off of it, but it doesn't need to be so hard that you're like exhausted, you know, super fatigued after. So I'm curious from all the modalities that are out there in the world and the fact that you're a dancer and that there's like options like Pilates, yoga, HIIT, like you said, Mm -hmm. and strength training. Why did you choose strength training to be like the avenue that you that you wanted to aside from like your brother showing you how to do it? Best modality. Totally. But I mean, I no, but I'm kind of like teeing you up here just because I feel like it's one of the options that gives you results. And I hate to say that, but it's just the truth that actually like helps people reach goals in an efficient manner where I feel like there are so many things that you can do consistently that will eventually get you there. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're the expert here, but I'm curious as to a, why you chose strength training out of all the different modalities to like hone in on and be like, is it the modality that gives people the best results? Why did I choose strength training? I, I, again, I would probably say a lot of that is probably due to the fact that my brother was so interested in it. Also, a key point that I left out was where I took dance for, I don't know, like 10 years, probably. Our studio was like inside of a gym. Mm. So I also just like saw people working out like all the time. So that probably had an effect as well. I think there's there's a direct correlation with strength training. And, and you could say also in without weights, right? Like calisthenics, any sort of like body weight exercise. It's this like direct output of, okay, are my desires aligning with my actions? So if I like want to create change, I can like physically like pick up this weight and create change. Like it just seems like such a one for one solution. Mm -hmm. And in terms of, I guess you had asked on whether it is like the most beneficial. I think it really depends on the person and their goals. I think ultimately the most beneficial thing for someone is what brings them joy and what makes them happy. Mm-hmm. But yes, again, we are in in order for our body to create change. There needs to be some sort of stimuli that is 
big enough or new enough, right? And so it's not that we want to have a lot of variety in what we're doing, but we do want to like have a plan when we're doing strength training, I guess, just as you would in any other modality, but even sort of if you're like a, a long distance runner, it's like, you're not just lacing up and running. Like you, you have a plan in place in terms of like distance versus speed versus whatever it is. Amazing. Yeah. Very interesting. What is the number one thing that people go to you for? When you like zoom out, zoom out, an activity that I have all of my clients do, sort of like if you look, okay, I have my short-term goals. I have my long-term goals. Okay, okay, well, what do they all have in common? A lot of it is like, I want to feel confident and in control of my day-to-day. So I want to be in control of how I feel on a day-to-day. So that's like, whether that's stopping emotional eating or whether that is like losing weight or building their endurance, ultimately it comes back to, I don't want to have this yo-yo and I don't want to have to rely on like somebody else or something else or this like magic plan. But I, I want to feel in control of how I feel. And what is the thing that you've seen be what finally gets people to get there? Because like, I relate to that, that yo-yo line that you just said, yeah. like constantly being like, okay, well, I got to get back, back in the zone or like get back on some sort of plan. Yeah. What do you, what do you see for the clients that you see have long-term success or not really just, or just find consistency? What is the thing that they're doing or the through line? This maybe sounds a little bit weird, but it's emotional regulation. So what I mean is they have high amounts of self-efficacy. So they are becoming incredibly just self-responsible for their own progress. Also their actions, right? It's like we can have all the goals in the world, but if we're not acting on them, it doesn't matter. And so that's what I was talking about with your desires. Those goals need to be in alignment with your daily behaviors. And then they're super persistent. So failure is inevitable. You can do body weight exercises for a long time. And then one day they just stop working. It's, it's not that all of a sudden this perfect ideal is like disrupted and it doesn't work anymore. It's that we need to like revise the plan. So based on something that's not working, how can I be consistent in my efforts and like revise? And a lot of that comes to not having power over your mind, but you, you realize that like thoughts are just thoughts and you've been able to sort of like master your thinking and regulate some of those emotional responses. That's such a good answer. And I'm excited that you told me that because I want to like think about that a little bit further. I want to know, this is like now kind of getting outside of like the nitty gritty of strength training, but more so on your practice and like the way that you've been able to curate this insane community. Like Taya is very humble. So I'll say this for her. Her community, like the people that she trains are literally, and for confidentiality reasons, I'm not going to say them here, but like literally the who's who of New York. How did that come to be? And like, what, why do you think that they're all coming to you? Like, obviously I know that you're like literally the best, but like, what do they say? Like, what's the thing that they're saying about, because there are so many people that do strength training, you know, like what's different about your method? You know, I think it has a lot to do with, it's like when you find like the right therapist or like, you know, hairdresser. A lot of times if I have a new client, it's like, let's have a session together. Let's make sure it's the right fit. I think a big part of it is personality. I think that, you know, my personality is like, I'm not empathetic necessarily, but I'm like very, very caring and I, I want you to have the best, but there definitely is like a little bit of a hard hand as well. So I don't, I don't know. I think a big part of it's like community and word of mouth. There's, there's a lot of people who, 
who spend their time sort of wanting to have a positive stamp on the world around them. They want to leave knowing that they've like made the world a better place. And I think that that type of person also innately wants to do the same thing for themselves. But a lot of times they're very focused on doing that for others. And so I think that that tends to a lot of times be entrepreneurs and like highly creative individuals, whatever it is. And so I think that that's often a type of person who gravitates towards me and very similar and vice versa. And so I think that it's just like sort of a nice marriage where I'm able to see them because they spend so much of their time seeing and doing for others. And that allows us, I think, in our sessions, it just gives them this space where they can be like really vulnerable for themselves versus having to do so much for others. So I don't know, that's like a I mean, I think it's like also like you attract who you are. Maybe. Like you're the like exactly what you're seeing is a reflection of who you are. I want to talk about your method or not your method, your your philosophy on these high achieving people that you work with that they feel so in control in their boardrooms, in meetings, in investor calls and whatever, all these things. And that you're finding that their confidence isn't translating in their body. At what point in the training program do you start to see what you call the renaissance renaissance of the mind? And like how, like if someone's listening and they want to start working out with you, I know everyone's different and everyone has a different baseline, but like what tips can we give them to start to get to that renaissance of the mind where they can start to feel a little bit more in control of their body? I mean, it's a conversation that I have usually quite early on is just saying like, okay, well, why do you want these things? Why are you here? Why now? And what is a fear if you don't achieve these things? Ultimately, it's it's just continuing to remind people, you know, like we've we've talked about, like your daily habits and actions need to be in alignment with your overarching goal. Otherwise, it's like we're just we're pushing paper around. And so I think a lot of that happens through education. So it's like, I want, you know, you and I talked about that too a lot when you came in, it's like, okay, we're doing this exercise because X, Y, Z, or like, yes, you're not sweating a ton, but like, that's okay. What we're doing instead is like this. And so it's once you have that power within yourself, or I mean, like Shakespeare talks about like nothing is good or bad thinking makes it so. And so if we're able to sort of like take some of like these like emotional thoughts and sort of like rewire them, we can start to make more a small amount of like positive decisions for ourselves. So there is no like perfect timeline when people sort of have that like revolution of the mind. Like it's, it's, you know, everyone is individual in their own way, but I, it's something that I like to sort of like poke my clients about often or just checking in on goals and where are we? How are you tracking progress? And that doesn't necessarily need to mean, you know, measurements or weight or progress photos. It could be like, a journal or how clothes feel or like a milestone marker. But ultimately, if we're not being accountable to our actions, if we're not being smart about the plan that we have in place, you know, what's the point? Totally. Okay. A few really quick fire questions. If someone wants to get started on strength training, how often should they be doing it? Twice a week. Twice a week. That's it. For how long? Like how long? The, like two, two, times, two times a week for how long? For like a month? For the for- rest of their life forever and ever. I mean, two, ti- again- two times a week for one hour? No, it doesn't need to be for an hour. I mean, you can get a lot done probably in like 
30 to 45 minutes. If you are phone free, distraction free, you're like focused in and Mm -hmm. you're not having to like, I don't know, run around like a massive gym, like all that stuff kind of adds up, right? But no, it doesn't need to be for long, but we do need to create enough continuous stimuli. And then you also typically need to have, depending on how new or, or sort of like a veteran you are, often we need to have like three to four sets, like times through of an exercise. So you just need to be able to have that time to, to create the stimuli, the change. Where can people work out with you and are you taking clients? So I'm not taking more one-on-one clients at the moment, but people can always join the eight-week program. It's virtual, but it sometimes like blows my mind how customized it is. You guys, I did it. And like, let me tell you, I think I've probably said it in like solos or like called it out before that I was doing it. Sorry to interrupt, but no, it's just no, no. so it for it being like an online remote thing, it's really, truly so catered. And like after I was done, I literally messaged Dan. I was like, hey, can you send me the workouts? I need them. I'm like going to the gym and not really like knowing right now exactly what to do. So it's really, really good. I highly recommend it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's online and um, I'm sure you'll, you know, I'll link, link the link where links go. But yeah, it's a good time. Amazing. And then to close out the podcast, where do you find yourself to feel most alive in your active ingredient? I mean, again, it's when I'm with peers, like moving, being active and continuing to build and foster a group of people who like to do what I do. I mean, being around that energy is just... um it's indescribable because, you know, again, it's like you, you get fed back with what I think you hope that you feed others. It's indescribable. Are you doing any community things in the near future that maybe we can do like an active ingredient community X Taya? The Rockaways. Okay. In the city? I feel like a lot of our listeners are based here. <laughs> I know. Sports day number two does need to happen at some point. So that could definitely be a thing for sure. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Anything you you want to leave our listeners with? Any advice that you have received? Anything for someone who's really interested in making this change for themselves that you'd want to share with them or just living in alignment? I would say just start. Just start. So it's like figure out what that desire is and ask yourself whether your daily actions are in alignment with that and figure out how you can do more of the things that put you on that path. I love it. Okay, I just have one more. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about like falling off of the wagon. And I'm curious because you are so disciplined, but I don't know if you see this with your clients. What advice do you give to someone who maybe right now is quote unquote off on getting back in a way that actually like feeds them? Yeah, I'm asking for a friend. (laughs) Noted. I would tell this friend, I think we place a lot of emphasis on these really big goals that are like 100 miles away instead of just being super true and honest and present and also proud of the small things that we can do every single day. So what I tell people who are like, I've, yeah, I've missed a bunch of workouts. So I've I've just, I'm back at square one. It's like, no, you are not back at square one. You have all of these learnings. You have all of these tools that are in your toolkit. You just simply need to start again. But the thing with that is it's, it's, it's acting, but it's like strategic acting. So we are like loose and we're nimble to all of these changing scenarios in our life. But mentally it's like being able to go back and create that plan, fine tune that plan. If something's not working, go back to it and adjust. So 
yeah, know that you have the permission. You also have the tools to start again every single day, but it's like, okay, pay attention to what works and what doesn't work and just like revise your plan. Yeah. And I think for me personally, it's also like the point that you felt like you were not doing it or like not showing up the way that you would like what was happening to just remember Totally. And so it can be just like a flag to keep an eye out for. Yeah. And that goes for everything in life, for work, for like working out, for friendships, all of it. Yeah. All right, Taya, thank you so much. We're going to put all of the links and everything in the description. Thank you so much for being here. This was awesome. Air horn. (laughs) No, but maybe we should add one. (laughs) And thank you guys. Number one request. So much for listening. If you are looking for someone to help you with strength training, Taya has my full, full, full stamp of approval. I love working with her. The most knowledgeable strength trainer. I know. Thank you so much for making it all the way to the end of the episode. You have no idea how much it means to me. And I really do hope that you left this conversation feeling lighter, more in tune, and with some tools to apply to your own life. Please feel free to reach out to me via DM on Instagram. I would absolutely love that, which I have linked in the show notes on any feedback or guests that you want to have on. And if you do have a second, I would really appreciate you giving the podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts and a quick review. It really helps getting the podcast in front of more people like you. See you next week.